And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. You never 
traveled on a plane. You never went to New York. You never got married. You never had a child, but we were all your children. You never had a bank account, but you made us all rich. All power belongs to you. Amen. We have come to the most important part of the service, which is the Word of God. Are you excited for the Word of God this morning? Wow. Last week, Pastor shared powerfully and he said self-righteousness is a form of pride. If you feel you're self-righteous, you feel you know it all, let it be known unto you that's pride. And he said there is no meaningless there's no, every word of God has a meaning. There's no meaningless details to the word of God. Everything that will be shared from the pulpit to you is meant to help you grow as a Christian. Amen. Now on that note, I want you to rise up to your feet. Put your hands together as we welcome to the platform my father in the Lord, Pastor Chris Ross, God's servant. Trust you Put your hands together. Encourage them. I will trust you. Lord, I trust you. 
Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Praise his wonderful name. Father, we pray for more blessings as we get ready to hear the word. Open our hearts, our minds, our lives. We surrender to you, submit to you. Have your own way today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated for a minute on top of your enemies. What a blessing to be in church today. We believe we will be surely touched and transformed. Amen. Now, before I continue my teaching that I started last week, uh, I'm blessed to just announce a few things. Or let me rather leave the things for later. Okay. Today, I'm so blessed uh, that I have a visitor from Bishop Dag's church who I met some years ago. And uh, I've discovered him swimming in the same stream that I was swimming in. And it's a great blessing to meet a like-minded brother. Amen? When you start to follow the Lord in sincerity, you hardly find many people on the same road. Because the Bible says, Narrow is the road, and that leads to righteousness, and few, few will be found on it. So when you discover someone that has a breakthrough in understanding of the will of God and where God wants to take us and the depths we can enter, that the water, there's deeper levels of the Spirit, it's a great blessing to speak the same language Amen? It's very frustrating if you meet people who don't understand spiritual things. This is a dear brother that I met some years ago in Ghana. And uh, he's visiting us for the week to do some other ministry work. But I, Murray, forced him to come here this morning. And I actually wanted him to preach, but he asked that he'll do some other ministry work. So we spoke to the youth on Friday. And they were very blessed to have him. My intention is for him actually to speak to my leaders tonight. But we have this challenge that we are, I'm part of a big executive of churches in Cape Town. And they're having a big prayer gathering of which I'm a part tonight. So I'll see what we can do. We might even pray and use that pastor's church afterwards. <laughs> For Reverend Vuyu to speak to us because I do believe he's got much to give. If it doesn't happen, then we can have a short gathering after church. Amen. Sundays is for? Did you pack in your lunches? Nobody is excited in a hurry to go home. Sundays here at BMI is for church. Short church lovers, there are other churches not far from here. We have a relationship with them that we give you the addresses and so on. So you can stay for one hour and then be home early. Amen. So it's my joy and my privilege. I'm going to ask my dear friend, Reverend Vuyo. He's actually from Namibia. Here's my great shock. You know, when I was in Ghana, uh, everybody came greeting me, you know. So you think every dark-skinned person is a Ghanaian. 
So I'm speaking. And suddenly this man speaks Afrikaans. Ek sê, Heere, wat gaat nou aan? Until he told me he's from Namibia and he's been a missionary to Ghana, studied at the, at the Bible school and then traveled some places across Africa. He's been all over the world with Bishop Dag. He's now a genuine son from in-house. I told the church the other day, when you get somebody that comes from inside, he knows some things we don't know. Gabriel appeared to Joseph. He said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I know what is being discussed there. I know what plans are coming. So that's the blessing of having such a great friend. And we bonded very powerfully. He's been following our progress. And uh, he's, every word he says guides us to how Bishop them have accomplished the great things that they have. So I want him to greet you, but I want you to pull out of him the few minutes that he's going to stand here. All what that you can. Great, resourceful Wonderful brother. I, I was in his church. He started the church in Namibia. In Ventuk, right? And I was there. His brother is now pastoring the church and he went on to do some other plant works. Currently based in Pretoria. By the Union Buildings. Right next to Ramaphosa's uh, Union Building. And um, he's also brought a friend along. So I'm going to leave it up to him. To do the rest. Are you ready to welcome Reverend Vuyo? Come, my good friend, come and say hello to the nicest people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The first time he met me, he said, when he heard I'm from Cape Town, the first thing that came across his mind is, Rasit Stachy. Because <laughs> all he knows about Cape Town is gangsterism and killing each other. And then he said that, he heard that we stab one another here with butter knives. And if you don't die of the stab, then you die of the cholesterol. Give it up one more time for Reverend Boyo. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, see, I didn't mean it like that when I said you guys step each other, you die of cholesterol. It's Trevor Noah's joke, it's not mine. Uh, please, please have your seats. Uh, I obviously bring you greetings um, from Father, Founder, um, Bishop Dagger Mills. Um, tremendous blessing, tremendous Father. A tremendous gift to the body um, worldwide. I've had the privilege to spend a few years with him by his invitation as he's aiming to raise young men and young women 
on the continent for the work of the Lord. Amen. And I also bring you greetings from our convener, um, Bishop E.A. Clufio. Amen. And a man of great wisdom and fatherliness. Amen. I'm a bit nervous because I'm standing behind this man's pulpit. <laughs> so that's why I'm not standing here. I'm standing here. Um, it's a blessing to be here this morning. I was with the young people on Friday. We had a, a crazy time in the presence of the Lord. And uh, the young people here are wild. And I think, you know, when I was telling you about the, because I stayed in Cape Town for two years. So I've been exposed a bit. But I think what the Lord is doing is that the violence that is associated with Cape Town and the Cape Flats, God is converting that violence to spiritual violence. Amen. Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God, it suffereth violence. It suffereth violence. And the violent, they take it by force. Hallelujah. So I believe that great things are, are going to come through the young people in particular. Because what I saw on Friday cannot be seen with the naked eye. You have to discern it. Jesus says, or the Bible says about Jesus in Isaiah, from verse 2 downwards, says that, and he shall not see with the sight of the eye, nor the hearing of the ear. And I was asking myself, so how will he see? He says, he'll see with the spirit. So Jesus does not use the eye to see and the ear to hear. He uses the spirit to see and the spirit to hear. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is what we call discernment. Amen. So you are in a blessed church with a blessed and a anointed vessel of God in the person of Amen. Pastor Chris Ross. Um, my problem with Pastor Chris Ross is that if, I, if I'm with him, I laugh most of the time. So it's difficult to be spiritual with him. Because <laughs> he's, he's got all these jokes and, you know, every time he cracks something, I want to call my brother in Namibia and tell him, listen, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I enjoy him so much. I tell you, just to be with him, I see him as an older brother. He's really taking good care of me. Um, one of the days they invited me for dinner um, with a beautiful wife. I don't know how he managed, but, you know, his beautiful wife. And uh, I, I later on called my father. I, I asked him, have you ever eaten meat? Like, flays that up your tongue. young the lady cooked like because when I was eating the meat it was just sliding on the tongue so 
I'm also a joker, so sometimes it's difficult to be so spiritual and whatever. So please forgive me if you, if you thought I was coming to share revelations. <laughs> please forgive me. As not a good church, okay? I'm just a visitor. <laughs> All right. So please come next week if you're a first time. I'm not the type of people they have here. They are far better people, so please. Don't judge the church by my standards. All right. So what I want to encourage you in is, you know, on Sundays, like Pastor Chris is coming to preach and he's going to be preaching powerfully. Amen. You know, what I would say maybe before I sit down is that I've come to realize that people don't change in church. I know it's difficult too, but people, yeah. And the reason why people don't change in church is because they've made the mistake to think that church is the change or the place to change. It's not. Church is the place where you are given the tools to change. But if you don't use them, you can forget change. Sunday is not the day for change. The day for change is tomorrow. Today you are just empowered to change. But it doesn't mean that you will change. Amen. All right. Now, salvation is instant. Transformation is a process. And the Bible says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The Bible also says that let this mind that was in Christ Jesus now also be in you. The good thing about God is that when he does something, he does it, he does it once and for all. So since God created the first cow, he didn't have to create another cow. Since God created oxygen, we never asked him for oxygen again. Since the first light shined, we never asked him for another light God's power and God's things that he creates, they never fail. ESCOM does, but God's power doesn't. Amen. If you work for ESCOM, please forgive me. All right? So what I want to say by saying those things is to let you know that whatever God has done in you by virtue of redemption is done. There's nothing God is going to do. The way you are now in your spirit is the way you will be when you get to heaven. You are complete. You are, it's done. There's nothing else for God to do in your spirit. So when God saves, he saves once and for all. Yeah. So you, the way you are in your spirit is exactly how you will be when you stand before the Lord. You are already that here right now. Now the problem is that you are not just spirit. You are soul and you are body as well. So the transformation is between the spirit, your complete you. Jesus, the Bible says that as he is, so are we. Not as he was or as he will be or so will we be. No, as he is, present tense. So are we, present tense. In this world, present tense. So the Jesus that sits on the right hand side of the Father, we are exactly like him right now in our spirits. 
The problem is that we have not gone through the process of transformation. So our souls are still captured. And that is where the true change happens. Our bodies is like money. Money is neither good nor evil. It's amoral. It depends what you do with it. So the body is amoral. It has nothing. It can be good. It can be evil. Your soul will determine what it would be. Your spirit is good already. It's God living there. Your soul is where the determining factor comes in. And if you don't use what Pastor Chris gives on a Sunday to be transformed, you will live in your body who you are in your soul. And so some people are new because the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So we are new, but you can live old. Amen. You are new, but you can live old. Because it says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things and old things, but you can still live in the all that is supposed to be passed away and the old that is supposed to have become new because there's no transformation. Now, in a week, the young people would know this. We did the calculations. In a month, you have about 140 hours to go to work. Maybe 160 for some. Those who like overtime. So 140 hours of work. Those who go to school, 140 hours of knowledge that is being taught every day, Monday to. It last, that's just Monday to Friday. Now, Pastor Chris only have you for, we said 16 hours a month. In fact, it's not 16 hours, it's eight because he preaches for about an hour or so. And even amongst that hour, you see, your mind is here, your mind is there, your mind is here, you know. And I told them on Friday, we all like looking around. And I learned that I thought men look more at women than any other human being. I've learned that women look more at women than men. Yeah. It's true, you must watch them. And a woman passes by, they will tell you what hairstyle, what shoe, what this, what that, what that. Oh, hey, they, they know everything. They know everything. As all of us will say, hey, did the hairstyle seen? The brothers, we don't, can't, who wore what? We don't know who wore what, but you know what they wore. So women look more at women than men. Because there's always this, I think it's something sin. So if Pastor Chris teaches eight, six, eight hours, he only has your soul for eight hours. The rest of the world has your soul for 140 hours. Divided into radio stations, Movango, Generations, Seven the Land, Opi Plus, I mean, into all sorts of things, clubs, taverns, magazines, Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, yeah. So all, most of the 140 hours is divided into that. And Pastor Chris is competing with 140 hours of your soul. And your soul is possessed by 140 hours of everything else. And he has your soul for eight hours. And even in the eight hours, you are making it difficult for him to get the message through. 
So the advice is this. Every message you receive on a Sunday is supposed to be your quiet time from Monday to Saturday. Yeah. So you take the notes, take the message, Monday, the same message. Tuesday, same message. Wednesday, same message. Thursday, same message. Friday, same message. Saturday, same message. By the time you get here on Sunday, you are drained by the 140 hours that you've gone to. And the message stays with you. It imparts you. Because now he's going to, if it asks you, how many days, do you know the points? You'll see that many of you don't remember what he taught last week. You have not even applied it. You don't even have a further revelation on what he taught. There's no depth in it. So what can stay? So you'll come to church and live empty every Sunday. Now ask yourself, how long have you been a born-again Christian? And how many of the pastor's message have you actually meditated upon? So you can sit here and think you're spiritual, but you're actually religious. Yeah. Amen. So my encouragement to you is to, to experience true transformation. True transformation. The word that is being preached to you, it must be soaked. You can't listen to it once. It's not possible. That's why we say meditation. Joshua was promised success by meditation. So you take the messages. They record them. There's a podcast. Every morning, it's your quiet time. There's no need for other things. You can read the other books after that because he is the angel of the church. He is the shepherd you have been given to. And Psalms 23 promises us that green pastures is by the door of the shepherd. And if you want green pastures in your life that you have not found, maybe you have not followed your shepherd in the way you should. Amen. So you take the message today. Tomorrow, it's your quiet time. It's a standard for the church. When they ask you, what do you do for quiet time? It's our pastor's messages, our shepherd's messages that we use for quiet time from Monday to Saturday. You tell me, if you do that for three months even, if you want, try it. Your pastor's messages every morning is the quiet time you use. Jesus was told by the, the scriptures tell us about Jesus. The teachers were amazed at his understanding. Now you tell me, if I am your teacher, and I teach you, and I ask you to answer and give me feedback on what I taught you, and you tell me, and I am impressed, how can I be impressed? Because I gave you what you are telling me. It's from me. There will be no reason to be impressed. But the reason why they were impressed, because he gave them feedback with extraordinary revelations and a deeper understanding with extra examples to what he has been taught. That's why they were amazed at his understanding. Now the question you must ask yourself, you see, thank you for the clapping, but if you don't do it, your clapping doesn't help anything. Go and do the instructions. Apply them. Your life will be transformed. There's no way God will bring his servant up here to come and make, teach him, make him teach you, put an anointing on him, bring the Holy Ghost on him to teach and for you to remain the same. It's not possible. That's not how God works. There's nothing God does, God appears, God talks, that anything remains the same. So you must ask yourself, why are you remaining the same? Pastor Chris, let me sit down. Please put your hands together. Let's welcome our pastor. Pastor Chris Ross! Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, Pastor Chris. Wait, wait, please, please. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, we will be blessed tremendously. The Word of God will come with power. The Word of God will come with signs and wonders following. Because in our midst, an anointed vessel from the great flesh, Pastor Chris Ross! Wow, clap one more time for Hey You see now, I think I must go home He said in a few minutes what I've been taking two, three years to tell you. I hope this was recorded, huh? Father, we thank you for the powerful revelation that we just received from your servant. Thank you, Lord, that there are deeper things in God. And our failure to change is not your fault, Lord, but it's our fault. We ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness, but we promise that we will accept this opportunity to try one more time to soak in the word to dwell in your presence and to experience real transformation. In Jesus' wonderful name, we give you praise, we give you thanks. Before you sit down, your hands up, lift at the key of D, settle quickly. We sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name. Everybody lift your hands. Oh Lord, for your name is great, so greatly to be praised. We sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. For your name is great, for your name is great, and greatly to be praised. Sing it again, we sing praises. To be praised, we sing praises. Praises to your name, oh Lord. Praises to 
now say, we bring glory to your name. We bring glory to your name. name is great for your name is great and, and greatly to be praised we bring glory we bring glory to your name oh lord oh lord glory to your name Let's sing it together. I just want to praise you. And I just want to praise you. Lift my hands and say, I love you. Just praise him while you're standing there. Give him thanks. Give him praise. He's worthy of your praise. And I, I exalt your holy name. Oh, I, I exalt your holy name. Oh, I exalt your holy name. We clap for the Lord. Hallelujah! We may take our seats. 
We may take our seats. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I was really, really blessed by this. And I hope you take note of what the Reverend said to us in the five minutes that he was here. You won't change on a Sunday. And that's why when you come back again, you the same. Same ochocha, as Pastor Lafoy always say. May you take note of what brings real transformation. Amen. It's eating and uh, eating again and regurgitating and eating and digesting. Meditation. Amen. Meditation on the word is what I told them yesterday. That's what made Joshua so successful. All right, let's continue our teaching now. In light of what the pastor said. In light of what the pastor said. And last week when I came, I didn't know how to say it like this. He said it so nice. I said last week, I am, I am not sure if I can break this type of food or this meat. And now I understand why. It's because the other food I gave didn't actually help you to grow at all. And I actually thought it was my fault, but now that the pastor has spoken, I realize it wasn't my fault at all. <laughs> I have done my work. I have finished the task that the Lord gave me to do. If you didn't eat it properly, it's your fault. Amen. Let me put it to you in Cape Colored, uh, Cape Town, understanding. Some time ago, my wife brought two beautiful small lemon trees that she asked me to plant in the garden just here where you take photos after church. And now I came to visit these lemon trees, but I saw that they were not growing. And she kept asking me if the trees are fine. I said, they are fine. But I could see that something is not working here. This tree is like many Christians. They stay small for many years. Something might be wrong. But then I took a closer look. And when I looked closely, I discovered that it looks like the leaves, they come out. But then something comes in the night to eat it. Yeah, and I, and I realized this is, we have these snails. They, they, they hide in the day. And in the night, I think the word is nocturnal. They come out to eat what it just started to grow. So it prevents this tree from enlargement. Are you with me? But you can't easily see this enemy. In the day, it's invisible. It comes in the night. Yeah. So I asked my caretaker to put some uh, poison because I needed to attack this enemy. And I discovered that my caretaker didn't listen to my instruction. Uh, and the, the, the enemy kept destroying the tree. Because if he had only taken my in, my in what? My in what? He could have defeated that enemy, isn't it? But we thank God you're getting another chance. Amen? Is that not why we don't enlarge 
We don't enlarge because an enemy has come to eat. Jesus spoke about the bird who came to eat the seed of the word. Comes to eat the seed. But you can defeat this enemy by taking the instruction. And that's also another problem. If you don't, your tree will remain small. But we prophesy this year is a year of growth. A year of enlargement for you. Amen. But you need to be obedient to the instructions that you will receive. Glory to God. And Reverend Zvuyo's short speech was a great instruction for your life. Don't just come Sundays for a concert here. Come to be transformed by receiving the tools to change. I give you more tools to change. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 10 verse 1. Joshua chapter 10 verse 1. If you're visiting us for the first time, we are making a study into the victory of the Israelites into the promised land. And we saw that Joshua was given this great blessing of taking the children into the enlarged areas and to conquer many territories. Unfortunately, it wouldn't just happen without any fights and battles. Joshua had to fight many kings and he had to uh, take back the territory that the enemy had stolen from them. And to do that, we saw last week at the outset of his battle, I'm just reminding you because it's only after today that you're going to do the quiet time that Reverend Vuyu said. And so I have to still help those who don't remember. Joshua had to first do some spiritual uh, exercise by taking stones out of the Jordan River. Anybody who remembers, say amen. One of the good things about our sermons, it is recorded. You can get it on podcast and on YouTube now. Amen? So there's really no excuse. Out of the 140 hours that you watch Shivan Dalan and these things that he mentioned, you can also cut off and listen again to the sermon. Those who don't listen again, they are those who don't grow. It's proven. It's a scientific fact. Amen? He took stones out of the Jordan and that was a sign that growth in the ministry will only happen by the Spirit. Hallelujah. We are not going to grow our flesh, our soul, but we are emphasizing growth in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Number two, which we, which we looked at, at the outset of his victory, he encountered five kings. All right, so those whose memories can't go far back, at least now, you're starting to see the light. Amen? He, he, he encountered, and last week my sermon was entitled, The Five Kings That Joshua Had to Conquer, but we only, we only could uh, look at the first one, Adonai Zodek. Amen? Which means the Lord is righteous but it was a demonic type of righteousness. Anyway, listen to the sermon again. I won't preach it again. I'm now going to come help you to look at the second king. 
and I'm hoping by God's grace to do at least two because otherwise we'll be preaching all year on this subject, which is a good subject. It's a meaty subject. That meat that he spoke of that was sliding on his tongue. Yeah, it's the meat I'm giving you today. Amen. Please don't choke on the meat. Please don't choke on the meat. Glory to God. The stuff I'm sharing with you is vitally important for your spiritual growth. Very important for your spiritual growth because these kings, they came at the start of the conquering. They will always come to hinder your development and your growth. And I think if you can get an understanding of what I'm sharing, even as I am reading Bishop's book on enlargement, that's one of these new great books, I understand fully and light. It's like the picture opens more colorful to me. Why, like the thing Pastor Bio was saying, why some people just don't develop and they don't grow? It's the kings prevent you from your enlargement. These demonic kings have come to prevent you. And if you don't listen carefully to me, you will not conquer them. You need to understand what you are battling and why you can't move forward. Amen. Now let's go to our key scripture. It's found in Joshua chapter 10, verse 1. It came to pass when Adonai Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had destroyed it, utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho. Put it in NLT, please, 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 please. Who's at the back? Where's Bevan? All right. He had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. Verse 2, quickly. He and the people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonites were strong warriors. Verse 3. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings. Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jamuth, Zephyr of Lachish, and Debur of Eglon. Now verse 4. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them. For they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and the preaching thereof. We saw that these, the names of the kings have spiritual meaning. Amen. Last week you heard about Adonai, Zodek. Adonai always means Lord. And Zedek means righteousness. But today's king we are looking at is Hoham. I don't know if I'm always pronouncing the words right. Please, these are Hebrew words. Ho-ham. Ham is also a descendant of Noah. So Ho-ham must probably also have some derivative from there. Ho-ham, like Ham. Ham is, we are derivatives, we derive from Ham. The African people are, are descendants of Ham. We, the curse was on us that we would be servants of servants. Not servants, we would be the servants of the servants. 
And that curse is very working very strongly in our lives today. But God can give you power to neutralize the curse. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. What does hoham mean? Hoham means to drive, to urge, to impel. And it's the second prince that we must fight. It represents a demonic king who came against the people of God. And whoever fights the people of God is also fighting the purpose of God. Hallelujah. So ho-hum means to drive to earth. It actually means demonic compulsions, if you're taking notes. Demonic compulsions. We've decided to move the home cell groups to Thursday to give all the cell leaders enough time to digest the word and to prepare well. All right? So you must take your notes so that you can be ready in the teaching. Glory to God. Demonic compulsions. Mm. Longings. Lust. These are all the meanings of Hoham. Yearnings that build up in us. And King Hoham is symbolic of a demonic desire. Everybody say desire. Demonic cravings. Demonic needs or wishes or impulses that come to you to destroy your ministry. Amen. Look what happened to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ encountered the same challenges that every Christian will encounter in your life. In Luke 4 verse 2, the story of Jesus turning stones to bread. He was 40 days tempted of the devil. And in the days he did eat nothing. And when the days were finished, he hungered. And the devil said to him, who said to him? Who spoke to him? Uh, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. Amen. So, Pastors and leaders and cell leaders and ordinary Christians, you will all have urges, compulsions, desires through the flesh. Are you hearing me? But if you want to serve God properly, you must kill this king. Like the snails I said has to be killed. Otherwise there will be no growth. Are you with me? And maybe today... The hindrance to your growth or the reason for your barrenness is exactly here at the second stop of King Hoham. Are you listening? To serve God, you must quench and extinguish all demonic urges in your life. Because many of these compulsions come from Satan. This one of Jesus turning stones to bread was also a demonic compulsion. Because if you read the text, you see Satan was talking to him at the same time when he looked at the stones. He was hungry and there was an urge to eat. But this urge was not a spiritual Holy Ghost urge. It was the devil behind this urge. And he said, you see this bread? You see the stones? 
you can turn it to bread. Wow. The demonic urge to turn these things to bread came to Jesus even while he was waiting on God in the wilderness. Ah. And it is a systemically inspired urge. Now, if Jesus could have this urge, who are you? Amen? You must expect the same thing. Isn't it right? Yeah. And that, or as simple as it might sound, is the reason why there's no spiritual growth, there's no enlargement, there's no signs of fruit that you have moved from where you were 10 years ago, three years ago, two years ago, because the urges that King Hoam brings prevents you from growing bigger. What urges, Pastor? Let's look at some of them. Are you ready? Tie your safety bell. Tell your neighbor, get ready. You're not going to change today. Tell your neighbor, you're not going to change today. But Pastor is giving you now the tools to change. Number one, the urge to sleep. But now you must understand Jesus' encounter, there was a satanic voice behind it. Uh -huh. To sleep is not a sin. Ah, but your urge to sleep is preventing you from your spiritual growth. That's why many can't pray, isn't it? One day I found a certain brother, I said, is your wife awake? He said, Pastor, to wake up this wife, I need a crowbar. <laughs> Do you know people who are always tired? Are you one of them? You just, you just think of sleeping. You're, the only thing that comes out of your mouth is sleeping. One of the great things about Bishop Dagdam is that the first time I started to travel with them, I realized that they have defeated King Hoham. Yeah. It was when the first visit came. I actually watched that whole video this morning. My son sent it to me. He said, Dad, enjoy this. Watch it again. And I watched it again when he was with us here. In. And straight after he visited us here in Bella, I traveled with him to Port Elizabeth. Because I thought, I can't let this man leave. I want more of the anointing. But I tell you, I am an early, I don't sleep much. You can, yes, my wife. I don't sleep much. But if you saw people that have defeated King Oam, we left here on a small aeroplane. We came there about 11 o'clock in the night. We had a meeting till 1 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock, the man was up teaching the people. And I was now moving with them all the time. I was like a zombie. 
finished that meeting till about one o'clock, small break again into the night, 11 o'clock. Hey! Then the next day they were going to Tanzania. You see, it was another meeting. And I thought, okay, I said to him, Bishop, I don't have a visa. It's going to take two. It's not so easy for me to just travel. So unfortunately, I have to stop here. So I said, but at least tomorrow, I'll greet you guys before you leave. <laughs> the morning I woke up, Charlie, I felt like a zombie. And I said, uh, have they left? I said, they've left three hours ago. They're on their way to Tanzania to do another camp. And I realized that I haven't defeated the king Oham. It's the people around me that love sleeping so much. Hey! Now you get young colored boys, they sleep till 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah! You can't even ask them to come early to do something here because, Pastor, Ulat Mutos come. Sounds simple, isn't it? Ho-hum is urges, desires, longings. Like you long for your bed every time. Amen? One sister loves sleep so much, they said the best job they can, she can get is to be a tester at Sealy Posturepedic. <laughs> you test the new mattresses and just keep sleeping. But I realized the Holy Spirit spoke to me in January and said, you see, the spirit of cancellation, tiredness, is what's hindering the ministry. They blame much. They blame much. We plan on the year planner, and then we have something in August, and the people are already tired for that thing I'm writing down for August. You need to defeat that spirit. Time will not allow me. The next one, the compulsion to eat. They must eat. And your, and your plate must look like a mountain. I was in Uganda and this pastor dished me a plate that was so large I couldn't see him uh, over the matoki. Matoki is a, is a mashed banana they have in Uganda. It's a big mesh, but huge. Because I don't know why they feel pastors must have huge plates. That's why I said to him, brother, pastor, this is too much for me. He said, he said, are you not a man of faith? <laughs> I said, I have faith. I believe, but help my unbelief. He said, no, the Bible says, you shall say to the mountain, yeah, move, That's why we can't fast. Jesus was fasting when the stones, when the, the, the thing was there. Change this now to bread. And he had to defeat the desire. The desire. <laughs> That's why fasting is a great exercise because food is the test, isn't it? Can you say no? Sisters, you love you, 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 you love you
Let me, let me see. What, what other desires are we dealing with? The desire to sleep. The desire to eat. The desire... I do this purposely so you can see this is my bishop's book and they can even make water. You must overcome urges to have sex with ladies you meet. But like when you see a woman, your mind is thinking, sex will be nice with her. There are many men like that here, they just don't, uh, it's now for the church's sake, it's a holy Sunday. Then there are women the same. I never knew until somebody told me, there are women, I think it was one they say, they, they undress the pastor with their eyes. I was in Ghana when I heard that story. Yeah. They undress the pastor, they say, if he looks so nice, was something they said, if he looks so nice in his clothes, can you imagine how he looks without his clothes? You remember that story, Reverend? Yeah. So it's not only the men, because you see, these things I'm preaching about is never spoken. It's a urge, it's a it's a craving, it's from the inside. It's quiet. You're not you're not talking about it. So that is why you can't overcome. We had this problem in our church with pastors. Pastors who can't control their desire and their urges, that's why their ministries never enlarge. They saw sisters as sex objects. Come on, I'm preaching. And I don't care if you don't like it. It's a, it's a major, I'm talking about, look, look, by God's grace, I'm saying, like I said, I can't compare myself to others. But by God's grace, my small little testimony I have of the Lord's blessing and my enlargement, I'm giving you what is going to hinder your enlargement. Every time you see a woman, you have this thing of sex with this woman. It will, it will, you have good other intentions, but that craving, that's the king, Hoham, is there to stop you, to stop you from becoming big in the Lord. And you can see sometimes ministers, they have large ministries, but when they can't defeat King Hoham, then that's the sin they fall into. And their ministries are finished. Say amen if you believe it. You must overcome every evil passion that build up and drive you to commit fornication and adultery. Say amen. Amen. You must overcome the urge to watch pornography. These are common problems that human beings have that prevent you from growing. Not just watching it, also studying it. Yeah, some people, not you, not, not the person next to you, not you. No, you were self-righteous. You, you stopped by King Adonai Zedek. Yeah, that, that, that king, the first one defeated you already. That's why you don't think that my preaching today is relevant to you because you feel that I'm not like this, this publican. I don't do this. I don't do pornography. I don't do this. I don't. 
Self-righteousness has already stopped your enlargement. I'm talking about King Oham. The demonic drivings and urges for something. I must have it. I, want, I don't want to do it, but I'm... You know, sometimes it's like you don't want to do it, but you do it. Yeah, that, that is a demonic king that controls you. So like pray, say pray in the night and you have the problem with the sleep. Like you have to fight it. And say, I'm going to stay up till that time. Or I'm going to get up at a certain time. Amen? Amen. Not when the alarm goes off, then you snooze. What's it called? Snooze, no? Then you, it goes off again. You snooze on the other side. Then here, a certain sister built a, a, a shaking movement into the bed because she couldn't get up. It will destroy you, your ministry. Even now, yeah, our worship team who can't come on time. Oh, I'm trying to one time, two times. in the name of Jesus. We block our arm over those that must do their jobs properly in the net. That's why you can't enlarge. Why can't you grow bigger? Why can't your ministry be greater? You fell at the king Hoham, the drivings and the urges. Some have a drive. I'm, it's all in the book, but I'm just paraphrasing what I read. I believe some ladies, I'm not a lady, so I wouldn't know. You must say amen if it's true. Some ladies even have a desire to take another lady's husband. You never heard about this, no? Since this is a problem with the men, my bro. I will hear it, I will go, kijk, who's that kid? Yeah, say like, it's a, it's a. And you see, you can't make it as if it's a. It happened here, right in the church. It's so nice for us to see this example. It's a bad thing, but now we can say, a certain sister. Yeah. She asked the brother to come fix the washing machine. In this church. That's the problem. And while he was fixing her one washing machine, she said there's another machine that needs fixing. And it wasn't long that he fixed the sister. It's a true story. And then the, the wife came to cry by me. The wife was also trying to enlarge but couldn't. And then because the wife was much older than him, that's why you young uh, age, age gaps in the, in the marriages can become a problem. So she thought, Ah, here, where did I a man Let me come and forgive you. Because why should I forgive you? So she forgave him. And not long when they rebelled, when the rebellion came up in them, they left the church and that washing machine fixer is now a pastor. But you see, he can't defeat King Oham. So he will never enlarge in the ministry. He'll be the pastor of two and three and say, Naam Vergader. Daar is hij in zijn midden. Amen. Allemaal wat die Heere lief het. Staan. Manado. You know why he can't enlarge? He can't defeat King Hoham. 
the urges, the drives to fix the sister's washing machine. Thank you, thank you, young man. Thank you. You must overcome it. Amen. The urge to have more money. To work, 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 work. Yes, some men that, some people we don't see anymore because they are working. Sunday, Saturday, all through their lives. Amen. They don't have a Sabbath. They don't respect the day that you must come to give to God. I heard something yesterday. I told my wife, listen to this. Never heard this before. That God honors rest, the Sabbath. It was probably the most important instruction he gave to the children of God. The Sabbath, the day of, that you must give to God. He honored it so much, huh? That your money, your money, do you, do, are you ready for revelation of a Zilaklambu at the Koi? Do you want to hear what I want to say? I'm hungry. Of your money, he asked 10%. You see? 10% belongs to God. But of the days, one-seventh belongs to him. Now, one-seventh is far greater than 10. Are you with me? You don't understand. Okay, the viscanda sukesulekane. Ian dag uit seven da. God say, ek suk die dag vir my. That's why I tell you, Sundays is for? Yeah. Die dag goed say vir my. Van jou geld, net a 10%. Maar van jou da, a jylle. Give me percentage quickly, somebody that's intelligent. Work, work, one of seven. If seven is a hundred, then what would be? 14%. Well, one over seven be 14%. Is that correct? Any mathematicians? Yeah. Huh? Do you understand? You must make seven into a hundred. Then you find out what is the one. If seven is a hundred, what it can't be fourteen. It's too little. Huh? What do you get? It should be something like. 14.3. All right? All right? Do you also get it? Ah? Moet nie bang, so gaat vir jou nie vraag nie. Schaai as ene langs jou wat ek calculate het, ne? Yes. That's correct, yes. 14.3 is correct. Sorry, you're right, you're right. You're right. So can you see? Can you see? It is the day that you must bring to God. But you, you love money so much, uh, you love rest so much. You, the urges prevent you from serving God. And you can't be enlarged. Your family is also telling you, you are crazy to serve God the way you are. So much time you give to God. But he asked for 14%. The whole day, the, the seven. For the money, only 10%. But for the, the day to God, more than 10%. Are you still with me? Amen. This king... He will take it. He will, he will urge you. He will urge you. Ah. The urge to steal. 
the earth to steal. Or you take something that's not yours. I can't stop at every point. The time will not allow me. Even in church, we have such urges working, isn't it? So you must keep your cell phone very tight in the church. Is it true? Yeah. The urge, you must overcome the urge to smoke cigarettes. You must overcome the urge to smoke cigarettes. It's a drive, it's a compulsion. What happens is you want to stop, but something is driving you. Something is urging you. Something is pressing you. And you can't control yourself. It's a demonic king. So all of you that, all of us, all of us that suffer from these urges, there is an enlargement that you will never enter. Because you can't defeat the king. Are you listening? From there you can go deeper. Alcohol. Urge. Urge. Then drug addiction. Urge. Drivings, cravings. You must defeat these kings. Otherwise you'll be like, Reverend said, a nominal Christian, but there will be no great fruit in your life. You won't be large because the king defeated you. All right, let me just do one more, then I close. Let me do one more, then I close. Stamp out the cravings for these things. Amen. Today is the day that things are going to change in your life. Amen. Because I'm giving you tools to change. Tools to change. Hallelujah. Today begins your victory over King Hoham and all the wicked cravings and the desires and the urges and the impulses that he inspires you to have. You know, you can change from a sex addict to someone who sees a woman with pure eyes. Paul, Paul wrote it, he said, when you look at the young girls, see them as sisters, isn't it? Older people as fathers, younger girls, sisters. But it's a very dangerous thing. And I can't promise the people in this church that every brother here is sanctified. Hulle hulle So I thought, here, because we had pastors who messed with the young girls even in the church. They couldn't overcome the urge, the driving, the compulsion. It's a serious thing. And you'll know it's on you if you look at a woman and you immediately think, hey, mama tama pa Do you see now? Because your mind is wired in that way. And I don't care how righteous you sit here in this chair. I'm talking to you about issues. And I regret leaving some of my pastors alone with church members. Because they couldn't overcome that urge. They were supposed to look after them. My friend, Pastor Dumpy, you know, he's very rude. <laughs> I said, the Yerud has said, pass my scapo up. Nie klim my scapo up. 
You see, now, now the, the world hits out at the church because of this sexual danger that we have. Yeah. Then you get prophets from, I don't know from where, they say God spoke to them and they can sleep with the ladies. It's, it's all unscriptural things. And even the popes, they confess to having sex with young boys. You mustn't joke with this demon. It will destroy your life. You will never grow into anything great for God. You have to win the war against King Hoham. And I see that God is going to give you strength. If, 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 if you can receive it, God will give you power to overcome King Hoham. Amen? Now we help our children here, Pastor Charlie and myself and the others, to tell them what is the rules and protocols of this house. We don't want young girls having beloveds before the time. Because you don't know the power of the demonic drives. It's a fleshly thing. And it seems natural to eat bread is natural. But there's a demon many times behind it to bring you to shame. And you will never grow. Your future was bright, young girl. But you couldn't defeat King Oham that led you to fornication. And everything falls flat for you. May today be the fight against the king, Hoham. Now there was a second king. There was a second king. And I'm going to close with this so we don't take too much time. Piram. You will see there in Joshua 10 verse 3. Joshua 10 verse 3. Joshua 10 verse 3. Piram. Before I get to Piram, let me just read you this if you think I'm joking. If you think that the man of God doesn't have, look at Acts 14 verse 14. Paul the apostle said to them, when the people bowed down to them and thought that they were, that they were uh, gods, he said, no man, we're not gods. They tore their clothes. And verse 15, he said, look at this. Why are you doing this? We are only human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. So even pastors with collars, they also have all these urges. There Paul said it. We are the same like you, but we've overcome King Hoham. But we are not gods. We are not supernatural beings. We are human beings with natural urges. Every natural human being has an urge. But you, God is going to give you power to overcome these urges. Now, King Piram, King Piram has a meaning also. Amen? It means a wild ass. And ass here is for the form of a donkey. A wild donkey. Are you listening? The demonic power of wild spirits and attacks. The demonic power of wild spirits and attacks speaks of the wild ass. And what does a wild ass speak of? It speaks of a spirit of being uncontrollable. And this is very important this morning. Just give me five minutes of your time, please. This is one of the differences, Pastor Charlie that I found when I discovered my pastor in Bishop Dag, why the churches are the way they are. Here's one of the keys I'm going to give you today that you will understand. 
Because the spirit of Piram, say Piram. Remember you now, Hebrew scholars, isn't it? What must you say when you get home? If they say, what did you say today? I said, Hoham and Piram. Listen to this. This blew my mind when I discovered it. Piram speaks of a wild ass. And a wild ass speaks of a spirit of being uncontrollable. And the uncontrollable spirit makes you uncontrollable. Are you with me? And Satan, through King Piram, wants to turn you into a wild and uncontrollable person. And a wild, rebellious spirit is one that is out of control, no longer under submission. Listen carefully, all of you. No longer under submission. But the more you overcome the devil in your life, the more controllable you will be. Most of you are not controllable. I tell you the truth. Most of you in this church, 80%. That's why I can tell some people, we're meeting tonight, they will come. You will not come. Because you can't be controlled. So say amen and God, and I pray with you, man. But I don't want to change for today. I don't want to tools for changing. It's not something that I'm, I'm not. I'm not angry or scaling you. I'm explaining to you what what is the reality of Christianity in our churches. We've got religious people, but they're not controllable. You can't tell them this. You can't tell them that. They've decided that Sunday morning. Is, say I say now tomorrow. Come on, lost the Oshan Sarah and Keiko. After when they say come, can't control them. But let me help you a little bit more. Don't worry about it. Never fear when Pastor Chris is. Three reasons you must overcome the wildness of King Piram. I'll tell you now. The first one is that if you are a controllable person, it reveals that you have a balanced approach to the word of God. That's the first important. Only three, then I'm finished. You have a balanced approach to the word of God. What does that mean? Now, the word of God has many scriptures, isn't it? And if you, if you, not, if you don't have a balanced approach, you will come to sit here, and this has happened to many people in my family, that they've got a certain understanding of the scriptures, but not a balanced understanding. So they, they're leaning to one way, all right? So they say, for example, you mustn't follow a man. And, and they can prove to you scriptures that's correct. I'm going to teach you how a controllable person has a balanced understanding. Are you with me? Yeah. They say you must follow the Holy Spirit. Don't follow a man. Oh, listen to me now carefully, because this is an important juxtaposition, is the English word, in your understanding of truth. All right? You must follow the Holy Spirit. Don't follow a man. And in a certain sense, it is biblical. We follow the Holy Spirit. Come, I read you the scripture. It is found in uh, Romans 8, verse 
14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So is it correct? Yeah. But those, those are people who didn't study the Scriptures correctly. So they have only one-sided view. Are you with me? So don't say, don't. We get this a lot in our church for you, and I'm sure you people also get it a lot. Jelle liste veel Bishop Dirk so good is. Go follow jelle ran it in. Yeah, you see now. Just watch Satan in the form of King Piram in this thing. Yeah, watch him. Why can't they follow the Holy Spirit? Why must they follow a man? Hmm. People in the church should be allowed to do what they believe instead of following instructions from someone that is higher than them. Sounds right, isn't it? Wow. Somebody said, it's not following the Apostle Paul that makes you a son of God. It's following the Spirit that makes you a son of God. That's also right, isn't it? Because Romans 8.14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Wow, it sounds so powerful. Someone also argued and said, sometimes to obey God and to be about His business, you must disobey the man of God. Wow, that's also right, isn't it? Yeah. Because when Jesus was about His Father's business, He was clearly not where His parents thought He would be. He even seemed to be disobeying his parents who were clearly upset with him. And I think this is where most Christians get confused and so many can be easily led out of a good place. You see, because they, have, they don't have a balanced view of the word of God. Do you know why? They're uncontrollable. Uh-huh. Peter even said it in Acts 5.29. Peter said, and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So it's correct. What this brother is saying is correct. But here is the difference. You want to hear what the difference is? Half-truths are dangerous. Half-truths. Half-truths are dangerous. And Satan thrives on half-truths. The whole universe is in the mess that it's in. Because when Satan came to Eve, he didn't come with a complete opposite gospel. He also opened the scripture and he said, didn't God say? Are you with me? He, he made Eve believe with his half-truth attack that God said this. Call no man your father. Half-truth are dangerous because the whole universe is fallen because Adam and Eve believe a half-truth that Satan told them. The balance side of that other scriptures is that the scripture is clear about the need to obey people that have the rule over you. Are you listening? And it's also clear about submitting yourself. Look at Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. Say amen. amen. And submit yourselves. What must you do? 
You must submit. You know what it means to submit? It's to listen and obey. Then you are controllable. But most people are not. <sighs> obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls because they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for it is unprofitable for you. That is why being controlled by men reveals that you are under submission. Is the church listening? So church, are you driven by the compulsion to sleep? Are you driven? Are you sleeping? Are you here or are you going home? Yeah, it's a compulsion, the devil that's forcing you to sleep. Oh, give me your mind. Being controlled by men means you are under submission. And submission, unlike what the devil is trying to tell you, is a beautiful trait that reveals your humility. I want to say it again. Submission is a very beautiful trait a kingdom value that reveals your humility. Uh-huh. And without humility, you can't go anywhere. That's why you are not growing. Amen? Without humility, you can't go anywhere. So don't believe this one. Now the problem we have is because you're not spiritually strong. You see, now somebody comes to you with a half-truth. Say, sister, the Bible says this and this and this. And you people do. Like somebody told Pastor Ali, I always like that. Somebody told Pastor Ali, he was part of our church, and then he told Pastor Ali, but the Bible says you must love one another. Or your pastor taught you on loyalty. I don't believe it. And then Pastor Ali, he had enough word in him to give the other balanced view. Are you with me? And he said, but the Bible also says, aha, uh -huh. that's how Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness. The scripts say, di, but to can Jesus say, but the scripts say, ook. The reason why you can't say the scripts say, ook, because you can't do the scripts. Where's Pastor Ali? And Pastor Ali said to him, mark those who cause division among you and be separate. You see? Separate yourselves from them. So the person couldn't answer him. Because the person thought, now that I have a scruffy, I get a scruffy for you. Now let's say, um, hi, is nog a waar? Half-truths are dangerous. Say it again. That is why, that is why, if you can defeat King Piram, you have a balanced view of the scriptures. Uh -huh. And you can't easily be led. You can't easily believe no man must, must guide me. All those people who think like that, their ministries don't amount to much. Yeah. But you believe those people and then they say, what are fruits is there? Because we're talking about enlargement. What are we talking about? How large can your ministry grow? How large can your church grow? How large can you grow in the spirit? You can't grow much because you are you have an uncontrollable spirit and you just want an understanding of a certain portion of scripture that is lekker for you. But you must have a balanced view of the Bible. So when we started teaching uh, the doctrine of fathers and sons, which is another beautiful heavenly doctrine, then people said, the Bible says, 
call no man your father. So I said, but it also said before that, call no man your teacher. So you mustn't call any teacher, teacher anymore. No, 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 we're not talking about that. Then the people, you see, when they don't understand the scriptures, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son who had a father. And I'm trying to say, and Paul said, you don't have many fathers. You, because you can't be controlled. You can't say, okay, let me look at the scriptures like Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved. A workman that can be well, that can, be, that can dissect the scriptures and that can rightfully divide the word of truth. The second key why Piram is killing us all is because being controllable reveals the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen? The more demons you have in you, the more uncontrollable you are. Because demons rebelled against God, they could not be controlled in the heavens. And they do not want to be in submission to the heavenly authorities. And that is why when you read the account of the madman of Gadara where Jesus came to with the boat, one of the things about him was no man, they said he tied himself with chains, he cut himself, and this is a very strong uh, point in the, in the text, no man could control him. No man could? Many, you know that I don't have control over you, isn't it? You know who you are. Not all of you, but... Most of you, I don't have control. I don't have any control. It's not a problem. I'm just explaining what King Piram is doing to you. You can't be controlled. The more demons, the less controllable you are. Because the sign of demonic activity is that no man could control him. I will come to church. Don't tell me what to do. Nobody tells me what to do. It's the spirit of Piram. Say Piram. Forgive. But when the Holy Spirit is in you, then you will see there is control. Listen to the scripture. I'm closing, I'm closing. The more you have the spirit, the more submissive you become. Amal die vrouwens wat so hardkoppig is, jylle het min van die heilige gees. The more of the spirit you have, the more controllable you become and submissive you become. Sê nie, amen, is alright? Look at this, Ephesians 5:18. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Give thanks always to all things unto God. And submit yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. This is, this is said after, he said, be filled with the Spirit. What will you do? You will sing songs, you will give thanks, and you will submit to somebody else. That's a sign of the Holy Spirit. It's a sign of the Holy Spirit. I've got quite a strong leadership, and I can tell them, like tonight, we're supposed to be at a prayer meeting. So they'll all come. There are many of them there that don't have a controllable spirit, but just because we have mark, uh, register markings, they will also come to mark the register. But if they had their way, they won't, they, won't, they won't do what I ask them to do. 
Forgive. I said, Va? Don't let anyone fool you with rebellion. Amen? Rebellious people are possessed with devils of self-destruction. Rebellious people are possessed with devils of self-destruction. Think of any orangu that left this church. They have self-destructed. I've told you this many times. They have self-destructed. Yes, because in Ezekiel 28, listen to what the Bible says, verse 18. Thou hast defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities and by the iniquity of your traffic. I will bring forth a fire from within you, from the midst of you, and this fire will devour you. So there's a, it's a rebellious fire. It's in you, no? This uncontrollable wild ass. It's going to kill you. That uncontrollable, unsubmissive uh, spirit that is in you is going to burn you up. And it will destroy you. Don't look far. Don't look far. Look, look to people who, who did the opposite of what I'm teaching you. And you will see that they have burned themselves. Yes. Because rebellious people have a fire within them. And it will eventually kill them. How do you know that fire? You can hear what they, what they say when they speak, isn't it? Yes. One brother, one of my family members had a lot of money because at the end of, the, of his working career, he received a big payout. He said to another pastor of a, of a family member of ours, you people keep teaching tithing to the people. You're stealing the people's money. Look at all my nice cars and my houses and I don't pay tithes. He spoke it, it came from his mouth. Three, four months later, he lost his house, he lost his car, as of today, he's living in somebody's backyard because the fire from within destroyed him completely. Don't tell the people to do this and that. Don't control the people. Don't be lords over the people. The very fire that was within him, it brought him to a piece of bread. Oh, yeah. Listen, let me tell all of you. Some, many people, they leave the church over years. Huh? You can tell them all, they can come back. Pastor won't. Oh, we don't hate people. They can sit at the back, it's no problem. Because I hear so many people are, the fire that was within them when they rebelled, they are now lying by the wayside. Then when my members tell them, but why don't you come back? Oh, Pastor, with you can die anfare. You see, what, what destroyed them? What destroyed them is their own mouth. Their own mouth and the fire within. There where they thought it was better. It's not better at all. It's not at all. And now they also have a misunderstanding about our teachings. It's almost like we can't take them back. Anybody can come back. You must repent and you can come back. You can come back. Are you listening? So, what do you say? You tell me what you rebel. What do you say? Pastor, say you come back. David, say you're still drinking, say Pastor Charlie. David, say you're still drinking. Say you're still emotional, now and then. You see what I'm trying to say to you all is as I close. 
I, I, this, I'm giving you the understanding of what happens to people. And I'm also warning you what will happen to you. Uh, because if you have the mind that I am uncontrolled, I am a wild ass. I'm a, I have a spirit of rebellion. I can't be controlled. You will burn yourself. Because there are some mistakes that you can never recover from. Amen? Some mistakes you can never recover from. That's why I can understand why they can't come back. Some. Because of the things they said. As in it's still for Ghana, that's it all right. But it must be a man. It must be a Hi? I want to do a research on this church. <laughs> Lastly, let me close. Cyril, speel full let hulle dink ek sluit af. Being controllable reveals your maturity. Now, Reverend Vuyu, you are so right in what you said, you know. You will now think after a good message like this, everybody will be controllable. Nay, my broer, play risiala. So he gave us a great revelation. The people don't change by the preaching. It's what they do from Monday to Friday, Saturday that will change them. Being controllable reveals that you are mature. A lot of people that is anti-God, they don't, they don't say that, but they kind of make you feel you mustn't be in a church like this that the pastor has so much uh, trust, the people have so much trust in the man of God, the man of God says this way, we go this way, he says no, 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 no so what did you say, you have a good man you can't let a man you have this is what Jesus said to Peter in John 12 21, sorry, John 21 17, he said Peter when you were young John 21, 17, let me say, he said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved and said, Lord, I love you, man, you know that. But then uh, Jesus said, then you must feed my sheep. He said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you gird yourself and walk where you wanted to. Amen. But when you will be old, you will stretch forth your hands and they shall gird thee and carry thee where thou wouldest not, or in the, in the NLT, where you don't want to go. So he was saying to Peter, when you were young, you are wild and uncontrollable. You are wild and uncontrollable. But as you grow older, and you mature in the Holy Ghost, you will be able to let people lead you. Amen. Now, I always, I always thought, Sister Fortein, it was other way around. I thought when people get older, then they don't want to be controlled anymore. But this scripture said of Peter, it's as if you mature, if you mature, is what the Americans say, if you mature, then you come to the place where the wildness that was in you, this insubmission, the rebellion, it, starts, it goes off you because the more Holy Spirit is now upon you. So then they say, they, you will stretch forth your hands 
and somebody will lead you. Even if you don't want to go there, you submissively say, okay, we'll meet here, we'll go here. Because you have mature in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So being submissive is not being like a clone or an idiot. It's a beautiful heavenly virtue. It's a beautiful heavenly virtue where you can be controlled and you can be told, come here. They will take you, Peter. man. When you were young, you were wild and you were able to do as you like. Can you listen? You dressed yourself, you went where you wanted to go. They draw earrings, they dress yourself. Kepi, broek hang. Pastor can even you see it. That's when you were young. But when you are old, when you are mature, you're going to say, Pastor, where do, you, where do you want us to go? You don't like the way I dress? What must I put on? Oh, pants? Okay, Pastor. So you must be a country man. Pastor, come and see if you see him under tricky man. See, you are, you, the spirit of Piram has got you. Niemand kan vir jou niks vertel he man. And you cannot enlarge. I tell you the truth. When I, my pastor, if he tells me tomorrow, do this, do this, I'll do it. I'll do it. Are you listening? As jylle stil, want jylle lyk hier die woord van die Heere nie. Can I tell you what to do, mama, mama, mama? You are, I'm not talking about young, I'm talking about older people. That's say for Petrus. As jy oude word, as al iemand, a jong man, sal vir jou sê, kom, ons gaan die kant toe. Dan sal jy sê, oké, ons gaan maar. Verstaan nie so lekker die ding van paaste nie, maar jy gaan. I'm a chow in the law. Led by the Holy Spirit. King Piram does, have, does not have dominion over me. Hallelujah. Rebellion and insubmission is a major thing in marriage, but I'm not going to go in there. My time will not allow me. That's why when you stand at the altar, that whole thing is that you must say in front of the witnesses, I submit myself to you. I help you. But as you grow older, yeah, I saw it in my wife also. The, the, the longer she's married and the older she gets, the wildness is gone. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit can control you. But there are men, they rather submit now to the wives. Because they, they could not tame the wild ass. They could not tame the wild donkey. Are you with me? May the Lord have mercy on us. More kings to conquer is the name of my sermon today. Bevan, for you taking notes, more kings to conquer. King Hoham and King Piram. What does Hoham do? He, he forces you to do Lustful things and urges. You must overcome it. If, you, if, you, if, if a pastor must come to me now and say, Pastor Chris, how, how, how did you accomplish things? This is, I say, read this. 
the five kings you must fight. You must fight self-righteousness. You must fight drives and demonic urges. And then you must fight the spirit of insubmission and being uncontrollable. Uh Look, I love you all. You know how much I love you, huh? I wish I can hug you all and so on. So sometimes the word really hurts you deep, but it's only tools in your hands. Whether you will change, I don't know. But you are still welcome here all the time. Oh, welcome. If you're controllable or not, it's fine. I've told you so many times, come regularly, come to the prayer, come, come, come do this, but it is because I've said what I said that most of you are not controllable. So I can't really help you. Yes, you are born again, you will probably go to heaven one day, but you will never enlarge the side of the grave in the spirit. You will not be great in the Holy Spirit and in the things of God because of these things I'm teaching you today. If you defeat Piram, you'll have a balanced understanding of the Bible. You won't be close. Also, the Tzu Onfang. Tabi also because Tzu Onfang. So, older people, be young at heart. Amen? And young people, be mature at heart. So that when I stretch my hands towards you, I should be able to take you even where you don't want to go. Even where you don't want to go. Stand to your feet. I'm finished preaching. Hallelujah. I think one of the things that helps a pastor do great things is if he has controllable people and especially his wife, his spouse. I don't say it a lot, but I see how pastors suffer because the wives are not controllable. They are not submissive. Are you all listening to me, ladies? Pray to God. We must pray to God to change us from within. To change us from within. While you still breathe, God has given you another chance. Always remember, God is merciful to you. We're going to defeat the kings that came against Joshua, are we? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. This morning I want to pray for you suffering from urges and demonic compulsions. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I'm trying to help you. You're suffering from these urges. Sexual drives. You see girls, you think of sex. You see ladies, you think of sex with them. Pornography. Cigarettes. Drugs. Alcohol. You got to have to defeat. Sleeping. Sleeping, you love sleeping, you love eating. We need God's grace and God's help. I can't make an altar call for insubmission because even there you say you are not insubmissive. You won't even admit it that you are uncontrollable. I can't. But for the drives and the urges I want to pray before I hand over and before we close the service. If you're humble enough and you know you need help, God likes 
the altar call time because he sees the heart of people. Yes. And maybe that's something that kept you away from serving God and you think you can't serve God because you do all these things. Today, Jesus wants to change your life. It's starting today and you can become a brand new person in Christ Jesus. Don't let these things that drive you, they drive us all. Paul said, we are men just like you. We also have these urges. But we've defeated the King Hoham. Come forward, I want to pray for you. You want to defeat King Hoham? Come right here. You want to defeat King Piram? Come just here. Come. Sweet Spirit of the Lord. Come to me. As I lift my hands in surrender to your, to your name. name, most high, I'm yielded to your spirit. I adore Jesus I adore Jesus I adore Jesus I adore Your holy name Alright So many people God looks at your heart, don't forget. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God can see your heart. I feel His presence here. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. The devil likes to hide these truths from us so we can never know what is preventing our progression. I want to tell all of you, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The devil is a liar. The devil is a demonic power to urge you and to drive you to do things you want to be free from. But today if you believe, Jesus Christ touches you and he breaks the chains. The anointing shall break the yoke that is over your life. If this thing is hanging like a heavy yoke, you are free from your burdens and care today. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We break every bondage. Lift your hands. We break every snare and fetter. Jesus breaks Satan's fetters and burdens. He's more powerful than the darkest darkness. He's more powerful than any demon that affects your life. Today, as you receive the touch from me, the servant of God, it's also a touch from God. Yes. I am just like you, said Paul. I'm just like you. Yes, I have the same urges, the same drivings and compulsions 
But by the grace of God, we will overcome. In Jesus' name. Receive power to overcome. God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.